Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Stick to Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini on Stick to Sports. We talk about Ohio State athletics, but more often than not, we avoid the X's and O's of said sports and dive into what's going on around the periphery of the games, as well as whatever is keeping us occupied and entertained in between the games. As always, I am joined by the Land Grant West Coast Bureau Chief, Jamie Urich. Jamie, the SAG after strike has ended. Everything is back to being happy in Hollywood land. We can feel very comfortable and and morally comfortable talking about everything that we want to talk about in pop culture. How are things in Los Angeles on the first day post-strike? Is everybody like singing and dancing in the streets and on cloud nine? Um, I think there's some cautious optimism, actually, because I think people are still feeling like, you know, the strike is over and that's wonderful and we might not like be back at work this week you know it's like the studios still have to kind of make some decisions about when to start new projects and things like that so um i do think there's maybe some concerns about how quickly things will go back to normal um but today there's, you know, celebrating understandably and, and some cautious optimism about what's to come. Yeah. And at this point, we don't actually know what the full terms of the agreement are. So if we are still just kind of waiting to, um, to kind of hear those details, which we will obviously fairly soon. So um, very excited uh, about all of that for all of our friends and favorites in the screen acting community but we're going to talk about some other things we're going to talk about so many bonkers fun things here in and around ohio state athletics we're going to talk about football we're going to talk about basketball but jamie i want to start with something that you actually wrote an article about this past week over at landgrantholyland.com it is about all of the haters that we heard pop up talk about how cj stroud wasn't good enough to be an nfl quarterback was just a product of Ryan Day's system, now have to not only eat crow, but they really should go hide with shame because C.J. Stroud is obviously the best offensive rookie in the NFL. I mean, and you could probably make an argument that he's a top five quarterback in the NFL so far this season. You could absolutely make that argument. Listen, I would like them before they hide to put their apology to Mr. Stroud in writing because 
y'all talked a lot of smack about him. He was called overrated. My personal favorite were the arguments that said that he was only getting attention because he was being buoyed by his teammates who were actually good um, as if he wasn't also making his teammates look better. Um, There was a really fun Reddit. I did some like deep diving to go back and find the, you know, the columns and the think pieces and um, all of the articles. And I found myself back on, the Reddit threads and just some of the things that people wrote about him were so ridiculous. Um, and there was one scouting report that said, and I quote, he has quote, some promising traits, but lacks the elite physical ones to project him to superstardom. Who wrote that? It's goofy. Y'all sound goofy. This man has put up 2,270 yards on the season. He has 14 touchdowns, one interception. He is breaking records left and right and he had an absolutely historic game last weekend over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers it's unbelievable what he's done and when he got drafted by the Texans there was some conversation about you know the the Texans have not had a four win season since 2019 and they've won four games so far this year so he is like not just had an outstanding rookie season He's breathing life into like a whole franchise and fan base. Um, it's unbelievable. And the way that he did it on Sunday had such flair. It was so dynamic um, and fun to watch. Like even if you're not a Texans fan, even if you weren't a Tampa Bay fan, you weren't watching this game with any investment in the team. Like to to go 75 yards on that final drive with 46 seconds on the clock for a come from behind victory is so fun and exciting and at the end of all of it he kind of just looked like it was just another day at the office like it was just like well yeah obviously like I'm out here to win and um I think it's that mentality and that attitude that makes him so uh so dynamic on the field um is just like you know he 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 wasn't out there I'm sure he celebrated with his team afterward but he didn't look like he was surprised that they had pulled it off it was just like well yeah this is my job this is what I'm paid to do and so I'm going to do it and um that's the kind of mentality that separates the pretty good quarterbacks or even the the guys who don't make it in the NFL from the people whose names we remember for years to come and he's been in the NFL for six months Yeah. Well, and that is something that I think we saw at Ohio State as well. He was just somebody who went in not cocky, but super confident. Like there were times when things did not go well for CJ Stroud, whether that was early in his career when people were calling for him to be benched, um, whether that was, you know, losing to Michigan two years in a row, even though, uh, you know, they were cheating and that's a much different thing. Um, or even in the college football playoff when they, they lost despite his best efforts to, to Georgia. Like he's just been a guy who has gone in and done his job, been very kind of humble about it, but very, very confident in his abilities because he works his ass off and he had, you know, whoever that writer was that said he didn't have the physical gifts, Okay, maybe he is not Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray level of athletic. 
He's pretty damn athletic, but that's not the thing that sets him apart. If you watch his game, both at Ohio State and for the Texans, it is the fact that one, he can put a ball on a dime, but two, he has a brain that just seems like he can calculate every single movement happening on the field, both by his teammates and the defense. So he knows what is going to happen before it actually happens. And therefore he knows where his best options are. Uh, I forget. It might be somebody from uh, the podcast, uh, Bill Landis or, or probably Doug uh, LaMaurice, who says he has like a, a computer for a brain. That is absolutely true. If you watch that drive, it was methodical in the way he moved down the field. He is just already an elite quarterback. So I love this. Uh, I love it for Ohio State fans. I love it for Houston Texan fans. I also love it for our old friend, Tia Johnston, uh, since her husband is uh, the punter for uh, Houston. And while this probably means that he doesn't get to punt nearly as much as he uh, you know, might have before, he's, he's winning. So that's good, too. So good for Cam. But very excited for C.J. Stroud. And finally, for people to stop using the stupid cliche that Ohio State quarterbacks don't make it in the league because C.J. Stroud has done made it already. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't win rookie of the year, like knock on wood, but he's he is well on his way. Um, And I do want to go back to that comment about his brain, because do you remember before the draft there was like all of that drama around he like reportedly had some low cognitive test score and everyone was like oh blah 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 blah. he maybe he can't like play maybe he's not smart enough to like be in the league he's one of the smartest decision makers in football period not just of rookies like in the league it is so funny that that was the drama around him because he has proven in action that that is not the case he is the guy i want making decisions in a pinch he's incredible he's elite he is fantastic i am going to be so excited to watch him play in the nfl for many many years to come Yeah, I'll take those apologies in writing from everyone who doubted him. Yeah, we can be like the uh, the U.S. Postal Service forwarding the mail to Santa Claus. You can send them to us. We'll make sure that CJ gets them for you. We'll we'll read them on the air. You can absolutely make your amends now. This is the way. (laughs) This is the way. Um, All right. So let's move away from the gridiron and let's talk about the hoops team because the Ohio state men's basketball team opened their season earlier this week on Monday in what was an unexpectedly close game against the Oakland Grizzlies. Ohio state trailed for a large portion of that game, but ended up coming back to win 79 to 73 tonight, Friday night, they will host the number 15 Texas A&M Aggies at value city arena. Not exactly the, raucous environment that we often would like to see uh, for a game like this, but the shot can get pumped up. So hopefully this is an opportunity for fans to come out. Jamie, as we dive into this season, it's always tough to get going. If you are not one of the diehard hoops fans in Buckeye nation, it's kind of hard to kind of be able to split your focus between football, 
men's basketball and women's basketball. They lost their season opener this week, but they have a uh, uh, they've got some uh, some pretty interesting games coming up in the next few weeks as well, which I'm sure we will talk about at some point. But it's tough to kind of split your focus. Where are you in terms of attention, excitement, um, heck, even familiarity with the men's basketball team at this point in the calendar? Well, I think that, you know, this is a team that I think, I mean, familiarity wise, so much of the team, they've got six returning players, but they're, it's, it's a, it's a team that's got a lot of, they've got certainly have more um, returning maturity than they did last season when they were extremely young, but they've also got some pretty high power recruits. So there are some guys that I think we're, we don't know enough about yet that we're going to really get to know better as the season goes on um, because they're only one game in. Um, with that said, you know, that coming out of the gate with a game against Texas A&M will teach us a lot. Like we're going to learn a lot really quick and college basketball is nice that it's different from college football. And that like, if they drop an early game, it's not going to preclude them from, playoff contention or things like that you know but we can learn a lot i think from from this game against AM. this is a team that has to bounce back from last season it was a long season last year i don't know how many people remember but they finished 16 and, and 19 uh they were 13th in the big 10 and so they're really eyeing a better season this year and and frankly head coach chris holtman is is eyeing a better season probably in order to keep his job, um, they need to really turn things around and they need to do that. You know, they've got, um, some great sophomore guards in Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale Jr. Uh, Jameson battles, a fifth year senior forward who looks great, but they also lost their leading scorer to the NBA. Bryce Sensabaugh is at the Utah jazz now. So they are going to need Thornton to step up as a team leader. Um, they're going to need other guys to step up with scoring. And I, so I think that having that additional maturity is going to be pretty important for them. Um, But there's a lot that we don't know about this team. Even if you are paying attention, I do tend to compartmentalize football and basketball. Um, And so I'm still very much in football mode, but I think that I'm curious enough about this team that I've kind of had my eye on them a little sooner than I typically would that's kind of where they're at. Yeah, I I think that between the freshmen and the transfers that came in, um, this is a really interesting team to kind of see how they gel during the non-conference schedule. Scotty Middleton uh, is one of the true freshmen. He finished with 13 points in his first game as a Buckeye. You mentioned Jamison Battle. He's a transfer. He played the last two seasons at Minnesota. He played his first two seasons at George Washington. He is a guy who had a really good 21-2022 season and uh, was a little bit down last year at Minnesota, but Minnesota was a really bad team last year. He averaged 17.5 points in the Big Ten, which is, God, that would be huge if he could do that again for Ohio State. He was down to 12.5 last season, but he finished with nine in his first game with the Buckeyes. We also saw um, uh, Evan Mahaffey, Evan who is another transfer from uh from inside the Big Ten. He started last year with Penn State, 
didn't really do a whole lot, only played about nine minutes a game, but he came into Ohio State uh, in his first action and uh, saw about 14 minutes uh, on the court. And then Devin Royal is another guy who's a true freshman, only played six minutes in his first game, but he's somebody who I think we're going to have to see a lot from. What interests me a lot about this team, Jamie, is if you remember like two seasons ago, Zed Key was very much at the center of this offense and now he's kind of not, you know, he, he was never really doing huge numbers uh, and his numbers have gone up each season in terms of points per game. But we kind of looked at Zed Key as like the next great player on this team. And now he's not even starting for Ohio state. He came off the bench to play center behind Felix Akpara. Now Zed Key did end up having, um, more minutes than Felix did by actually twice as many minutes. He played 27 minutes, but that has to do with the fact that he was one of three players that scored 17 points in that game against Oakland. So I'm kind of fascinated about what they do at the five and what Zed Key is willing to do. I mean, he's changed his body. He's gone through injuries. And the fact that he's willing to come off the bench in that situation, not that, you know, he has a choice necessarily, but he could have left. He could have gone somewhere else if he if he thought that Felix was going to be the starter. So I love Ohio State basketball. I love Chris Holtman. I think he is a genuinely wonderful human being. Like I, I feel the, similarly about Ryan Day, but there's just something a little bit more personable and charismatic with Chris Holtman, I find, than Ryan Day. So I know that he has limitations as a coach. I know that he has not done the things in the NCAA tournament you expect from a high state men's basketball coach to do. Um, I also know that his teams have consistent issues that need to be remedied, but I'm I'm just rooting for him beyond the fact that he's Ohio State's head coach. Like I'm just rooting for him as a person. So I really hope that they are able to take some of that momentum. You mentioned they were 16 and 19 last season, but they finished the season really, really strong, both in the regular season and a surprising run in the Big Ten tournament. So I'm hoping that they can take that momentum and carry it over with a slightly different team um, and play well. And that starts obviously on Friday night with an opportunity to pull a statement upset against Texas A&M at the shot. So will it happen? I'm not holding my breath, but I certainly have high hopes for the team. I don't want to say high expectations, but high hopes for what this team could be once they get everything figured out with their young players and their transfers. Yeah, Matt, you and I have kind of been, um, we've gone against the grain a little bit in our defense of Chris Holtman. I feel like a lot of people do not agree with us. Um, And yeah, Mm -hmm. that's not to say that we don't just like blindly put our, stick our necks out there for someone who can't back it up. But like, I really, really want him to be the right fit for Ohio state for a long time. Um, And it does start with, with this season with really turning things around. If they had played all season last year, like they played in that last month, uh, I think the results would have looked a lot different. I think certainly they would have made the tournament at the very least. Um, And I, and I think that they've got a couple of the pieces this year that they didn't have last year. So it is going to be really interesting to see what that means for them as a program. Um, Yeah. I, I, I love college basketball. I really could take or leave the NBA. I think that's the product of growing up during the nineties bulls era. Like the pros are just never going to live up to the magic of the 
Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen time in basketball. Um, and so college basketball is where I follow basketball as a sport. Yeah, I I really want, obviously, I always want Ohio State sports to do well. So this is not like, oh, I want the coach to do well because I want the team to do well. I want wh- whoever the coach is at Ohio State to be successful. But I really just want, I, I want Chris Holtman an extra amount to be successful. And I want him to be the coach at Ohio State for a very long time. Same thing with Ryan Day. Like if people think that because I've written things about how I don't think that Ryan Day should be calling plays, that I think I want the, that I want him fired or something. That is not the case. I want Ryan Day to be Ohio State's head coach for the next 25 years. I think that he needs to give up play calling duties because I don't think a head coach should ever be calling plays, especially, uh, you know, five years into their tenure. But... Chris Holtman just seems like the exact guy you want running your program. He's got to get over the hump in terms of the postseason. He's got to do better at, you know, certain things with his teams. They always seem to kind of fall a little bit late in games. The games end up being a lot closer than they need to be. This happens all the time. So there are opportunities for him to improve, but I just want him to be good. Like I just, I, I really, I I really enjoy Chris Holtman and I hope he's around Ohio state for many, many years to come. Right there with you. All right, Jamie, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a very quick dip into potentially the greatest soap opera in the history of college sports, the sign ceiling saga from Michigan. We talked about it in in one of our recent episodes. We're going to get a little bit more in depth here. um, uh, Just real briefly with some of the, craziness that has happened ever since. Uh, And then we're going to talk about our recommendations, which we can feel very free to talk about whatever we want now that the strikes are all over. So come back with us here on Stick to Sports. We will be back in just a second. Welcome back to the Land Grant Podcast Network's Stick to Sports Podcast. We're going to dive back into the silliest story in the history of the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. This sign-stealing stuff. Jamie, we have gone from laughing at the ridiculousness of all of the Michigan men, like, trying to, like, deny it, to then talking about, like, everybody else is doing it, which is not the case. And now we're getting into like they're starting to like go legal and litigious on everybody saying everything from like last week. Ryan Day is now going to be charged with felonies and like be the ringleader of a Rico charge to now we're getting 10 page documents from Tom Mars, who is like the slimiest college football lawyer being sent to the Big Ten in which he literally rips off stuff from the MGO blog website and puts it into his uh, his 10-page letter to the Big Ten refuting their accusations and does not cite it whatsoever. Everything about this just keeps getting weirder and weirder and stupider and stupider. And I'm here for it. I like we've we've said this before. I don't I don't care about the sign stealing. Like the games happen, Ohio State lost. We're not changing that. But I'm very much here for the absolute absurdity and hypocrisy of the holier-than-thou moral authority from Ann Arbor doing everything they can to justify cheating. It's just funny. It is absolutely funny. It will never not be funny. I, more than anything in this world, I want them to sue the conference 
I want it oh. laid out on national television with Judge Judy presiding. Because at this point, like, that is the level of circusry we are at. Like, get Judge Judy on the phone. What is she doing this weekend? I want to watch. That's te- that is cinema, baby. Like, I, I want to so, watch that television. Okay, so so fill me in. I missed the whole Judge Judy of it all, but I've seen like Judge Judy's name being linked in on this. Is this something like? Is this real? Are people actually talking about this? Is Judge oh. Judy weighing in? What is going on? No, no, no. I don't think so. I think this is just people being like, "This is so ridiculous." So th- the the threat of a lawsuit is goofy anyway, because essentially. The way this is going down, if you haven't been following super closely, um, the Big Ten and the NCAA are each running separate investigations. Michigan is cooperating with the NCAA. And to this point, the NCAA has not provided any information to the Big Ten that proves that Harbaugh or his staff knew what was happening. Um, with that said, the NCAA is moves a lot slower than the conference does or can. Um, and so some of the other coaches in the conference are calling for the conference to take action against Michigan. If the NCAA isn't going to move quickly enough. Um, so some people would like to see action taken before the season is up all that Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, is able to do is a two-game suspension and a fine. There are three games left in the season, two of which are against the biggest opponents that Michigan has this year. Um, It would actually be really hilarious if the season started with a Harbaugh suspension and then ended that way too. Um, Feels like a little poetic, but Michigan is essentially threatening to sue the conference if they take action against them without any sort of evidence that there is. Please do it. So that's where the lawsuit is being talked about is like, you don't have enough evidence to make this a thing. You can't suspend us you could potentially ruin like playoff chances national championship chances and you don't have enough evidence to do that um we will sue you and so i think that people i think where judge judy is being brought into this is because it is genuinely just so ridiculous conceptually that they're like this is a job for judge judy like bring in judith there's nobody else who can handle this level of absurdity because what could possibly be funnier? Like, have you watched Judge Judy before? I mean, not religiously and not in a long time, but of course, I, I, I'm, I, I've seen television with Judge Judah Shineland. Right. Like, we've all been homesick from school, and like, there's nothing else on, and you tune your, you tune your TV to Judge Judy, and all of a sudden, you were like engulfed in some ridiculous saga about someone who's like boyfriend stopped paying rent and stole the dog and you're like okay this is the best tv i've ever seen in my entire life because judge judy's very no nonsense and i want her to go toe to toe with jim harbaugh i don't think that's actually who they would call but i think they should it would be hilarious 
I would die for that. I, 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 here's the thing. I want, I want them to sue because here's the thing. I've watched enough judge Judy and all of those other uh, court shows to know that if you file a lawsuit, you are then making your, the person you are suing, uh, privy to discovery. There is way too much information and way too much documentation that I am quite confident that the Michigan football program, the athletic department, and probably the entire university does not want to have exposed to the world. So there is no way in my mind that they are actually going to do this. This is just to try to create some sort of way to push this down the road, to kick the can down the road and and wait until after the season. Because that's all that matters to them is they want to win you know, want to try to do everything they can to win a Big Ten championship and a national championship this season. One, because they probably know that Jim Harbaugh's gone after this season anyway, because he's going to have so many suspensions and penalties for everything that he's doing. They want to try to make the most out of the season, and they're just trying to blow as much bullshit smoke up uh, the Big Ten's ass to convince Tony Peretti not to do anything this season. Uh, I think something will happen this season. I don't think it's going to be anything significant, um, but it's all bullshit. Like it's like, look, we know you cheated. Is there evidence? Yes, everybody has seen it. Everybody knows there's evidence. This is not a thi- like. I like to think, Jamie, that we here at Land Grant, both on the podcast network and at LandGrantHolyLand.com, if the shoe was on the other foot, we would cop to it. Like, yes. This is obviously happening. Some nutbag staffer did this and it's all documented. We understand that. Like, I don't know why they are still denying it at this point. It is one of the most painfully obvious things that has ever happened in college sports. And I don't think they're denying that it happened. I think they're denying that they knew about it. Like, it's just like some rogue staffer. I mean, and like, I guess in their defense, like Urban Meyer even was like, we got to hold off a beat and like see. Oh, don't fucking come to me with Urban Meyer. Jesus. He's not (laughs) the guy I want on my side if I'm having a moral argument about anything. Okay. Like give, give me him. um, And like, I don't know. Somebody else who's slimy as hell in college sports. There's plenty of them. Like the the guy from uh, LSU basketball who cheated, you know, throughout the entire time. Look, Urban Meyer. Love him for what he did at Ohio State. Love him for his blind Homer fandom. Everything else about him I can't stand. So, you know, I don't want him. If I'm ever in a situation where Urban Meyer has to back me up and like be on my side, I know I am doing something wrong. Okay, that's fair. I mean, my my thing is like (laughs) Urban Meyer almost certainly was cheating. He was smart enough not to get caught. Yep. So, yeah. Rule number one, kids, don't get caught. And rule number two, be smart about being stupid. Jim Harbaugh is not doing either of those things. No, not at all. Not at all. All right, Jamie, let's go into our final segment of this and every week, our recommendations. What do you got for me? What have you been doing, watching, reading, seeing, listening to 
over the past week that you think other people should know about? Oh, I am so deep into a Netflix show called Drink Masters. Ooh, okay. Have you seen it, Matt? You you like a no. cooking show. I do. I love the Great British Baking Show on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, so Drink Masters is structured similar to um, Bake Off in that they have like a cocktail challenge. It's a bunch of bartenders who are cocktail masters. Um, and so they have cocktail challenges and it's really crazy because they are doing cocktails that involve like the science of cocktail making. So there will be scientific challenges where they'll be like, you have to do this cocktail with, um, like you have to do this type of wash on the alcohol. And it's all like chemistry stuff that I, it goes right over my head. Like, this is not just like toss some dry ice in the bottom of the cocktail and make it look nice. Um, and so the challenges that they're doing are really cool and they'll do one challenge. That's kind of a, like, we want you to make your take on a, on an old fashioned or something along those lines. Um, and then the people who are in the bottom will compete for who gets to stay. Sometimes they'll do group challenges. Sometimes they'll have to make flights. There's like all different kind of, of things throughout, but I'm learning so much about the science behind cocktails. Um, and I, I'm not a huge drinker, but I do love a whiskey when it gets cold out. And so I'm excited to kind of, I've been like learning a lot and I'm excited to kind of dabble in my own kitchen, I think, and try out some of the flavor combinations and things like that, that they've done on the show. If you like a cooking show and you like science or you love a cocktail, highly recommend Drink Masters on Netflix. That is interesting. I do not drink alcohol. So this would all be lost on me. Um, I've never really drank alcohol. I don't like the taste. So like, I think that this would probably not be a thing that I would be as into, but then again, I don't eat sugar either, but I love great American or the great British bake off. So maybe I would, who knows? Um, but it's interesting that you talk about the science and the chemistry of this, because that leads into what I am going to recommend it is not what I was going to recommend. Uh, so I'm pulling an audible, but based off what you say. So I am about a little over half 60% done with the book lessons in chemistry, which if you um, are familiar with it is currently a, uh, a TV show on Apple TV plus starring Brie Larson. So when these types of things come up on TV, I like to read the books first. So I am about halfway, a little over halfway through the book by Bonnie Garmus. And in the, in the, both the book and the, uh, in the show, the main character's name is, uh, is Elizabeth Zott. She is played by Brie Larson in the show. She is a chemist who through a lot of twists and turns finds herself in the late fifties, early sixties, I believe, um, hosting an afternoon cooking show. And I'm just getting to the point where she gets the job, uh, in the book, but I know that it, because of the framing device in the, in the book, we know that she goes on to be very, goes on to be very, very successful in, in doing this. We don't exactly know how, but she is kind of a, a cold, dry, um, science person, 
Uh, but somehow she finds a way to be incredibly magnetic on on TV. But she blends the cooking with the science of the cooking. And that's the way her brain works. Uh, so I've really enjoyed the book so far. Like I said, a, a little over halfway through. Uh, and I'm excited to dive into the TV show once I finish the book. So lessons in chemistry. Uh, first, the book by Bonnie Garmus, and then the Apple TV Plus uh, miniseries that is currently airing. Um, I don't know how many episodes it is, but episode um, six comes out on uh, today, today, uh, Friday, November tenth. So check the check out both the book and the TV show. Awesome. Are you watching this season of Bake Off? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is your favorite? Who are we rooting for here? Okay, so here's the thing. There are a number of people that I love on this show uh, this season. So obviously, I think um, you have to look at Tasha. I think she's fantastic. She won two Star Bakers early on. Um, I have, uh, I enjoy Maddie who was also a star breaker in week four. Uh, I think he is very, very fun. Um, I love Saku. She is just, I don't know if she's the best, one of the best bakers there, uh, but man, is she entertaining. I really, really enjoy Saku. She's just fun and silly. Uh, I think Christy is someone to watch out for. She did win star baker in week five, but she's one of those people, Jamie, who like, She's always good, not often great. But by the time we get down to like the semifinals and the finals, she's like still there. So I think she's very much a contender to be a finalist, even if she is not like wowed most weeks. Like I said, Star Baker once, that's obviously uh, pretty good. Um, and last week, not the episode that comes out today on the 10th, but the episode on the 3rd, I think she won the technical too. But um, so if I had to say like my favorites, Tasha's great. I love the fact that she's, uh, you know, she's hearing impaired and has like the the sign language uh, interpreter there as well. But but she still just kind of keeps doing her thing, and she's fantastic at what she does. Maddie, uh, Saku are are my favorites. So uh, I know I had named like half the, the the cast that's still left, but that that those are my feelings right now. What about you? Yeah, I mean, this is a this is one of those seasons, though, where like, I feel like there are some seasons where you're like, ah, oh, there's like two people that I'm kind of rooting for either one of them to win and everyone else like I don't dislike anyone, but I kind of like take or leave it. This is one of those seasons where I just genuinely would watch all of them bake against each other for as many weeks as you would let me. Yeah. Um, it's so fun to watch. They're all like so sweet and cute to each other. Tasha's my favorite from a technical perspective. I think she's probably the the best and the most innovative of the group. Um, but Saku is the best television. And I do think we should so create good. a special Emmy just for her because she is my comedic relief every week. I like Friday rolls around and I'm like, okay, it's Saku time. Um, I need her to stay as long. Like, I don't think she's going to make it all the way to the final. She's kind of struggled the last few weeks, but like yeah. I need her to make it as far as humanly possible um just for the just for the humor just for the comedy she's just so sweet yes yeah, so sweet so fun and she she thought she was going home last week um i think so she, she thought she was going home the last two weeks because yeah the week prior was when they didn't send anyone home but she yeah, had that's a right, pretty 
Yeah, because Tasha uh, had to go home sick. So, yeah, I, I will also mention today on the Roku channel, which is free streaming anywhere. You can do it on the Roku app on your TV or on the website um, is the Great American Baking Show holiday episode, which has stars. And I'm doing that very, very much in quotes because I have not heard of half of the people that are going to be on. Um, but it's the one, one episode thing, six stars. They determine a champion. The stars are, let me see how many of these people you've actually heard of, Jamie. Arturo Castro, DeAndre Jordan, Heather McMahon, Joel McHale, Ego Nwodim, and Phoebe Robinson. How many of those have you heard of? Three. Me too. I I obviously know who DeAndre Jordan is, uh, NBA champion with the Denver Nuggets. Heather McMahon is a comedian that I have a lot of friends who love. In fact, I have a good friend who is good friends with her. Um, And then, actually, the the good friend used to actually work for uh, for Land Grant, Kelsey Trainer, And then, obviously, Joel McHale. The other ones, no clue who they are. Are those the same three you know? Yes, those the other names mean nothing to me. Um, Arturo Castro was on Broad City and was also in Billy Lynn's Long Halftime Walk. Ego Nwodim is on Saturday Night Live, apparently, and Phoebe Robinson is a comic. Really and truly have not watched Saturday Night Live in like 10 years. Yeah, I, like I might catch something on YouTube or social media, but I have not tuned in to Saturday Night Live on purpose. I, God, I couldn't tell you how long it's been. It's been a very, like maybe very, since very college for me. Yeah, it's very, very possible there. So yeah, those names mean nothing to me. Um, but with that said, I love a holiday baking episode. It'll be tough for them to top the Dairy Girls Bake Off, but yeah. Did you watch? Um, did you watch the previous Great American Baking Show things they did last year? No. Okay, so they did a celebrity one last year, and um, it's it's. I'm trying to think who all was in it. Um, Liza Koshy was on it. Um, somebody, uh, one woman from Saturday Night Live was on it. There was a football player. It was very fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And then they did a regular like six episode season. The hosts last time were Ali Kemper and Zach Cherry. It is now Zach Cherry and Casey um, uh, uh, Casey Wilson, uh, who I think is fantastic. They are both very funny. So it's a very it's fun. It's in the tent. It, it's it's over in the exact same tent. Paul and Prue are the are the judges. So they are just basically doing the exact same show in the exact same location, just bringing over some Americans to do it. Sounds fun. I'm into it. Yep, it's always good. everybody that's all that we have for this episode of stick to sports thank you for following along and listening to everything we have going on here at the land grant podcast network if you are finding us somewhere other than your podcast platform of choice you can follow us and subscribe 
on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you get your daily dose of audio goodness. Also, you can follow us on social media at LandGrant33 on Twitter and at LandGrantHolyLand on Facebook. You can also find me at Matt, Jamie at Jamie Urich, J-A-M-I-J-U-R-I-C-H. All right, everybody, that is all that we have for you. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.